Welcome to iProtest. This is Donald Jeffries here with you, <clears throat> coming to you live, uh, live streaming over Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and rockfin.com. America Unplugs, we do every Friday at this time from 5 to 7 p.m. A great guest today, uh, comedian and podcaster extraordinaire, Sam Tripoli. Really pleased to have him here. Sam, thanks for coming on the show. Don, anytime, all the time, brother. And uh, sorry that it's only for an hour. I'm a dad. I got to go see my kids after this. But anytime I can spend with you, brother, you know I love to do it. I wish I could do it longer because you are I always appreciate you coming on my show. You always bring the heat. You bring that smoke, brother. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's, well, I feel the same. And, uh, you know, I'm a dad, too. I'm sure my kids are older. But my, my son, I know, is listening. He's one of your biggest fans. So he was really excited. Well, that's kind. Uh, Thank you so much. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and obviously he's right. Hey, he's the, he's the only one in my family, and I have a big family, of extended family. He's the only one that's awake besides me. But Tim and I against <laughs> against the mob there. Let me tell you, it's uh, the rest of them aren't. But uh, so let, let's. I want to just you know for people that um, that might not know exactly who you are, had. How does a comedian like you? You wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and I, I, I think I told you last time I was on your show. Man, this is this is the wrong time to be a stand-up comic because <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, you can be canceled for almost any, any part of any kind of comedy. It's traditional in the stand-up sense. What, what made you go down these rabbit holes where you can be on someone like mine? Show I me mean, what what made you get into the world of conspiracy? Was that was that before you were a comic or recent or how did that happen? That was uh, basically uh, my parents' wonderful people. My father's very paranoid, and he used to basically install mob boss type like life principles to me. And uh, one of them was that you know uh, trust nothing of what you hear and half of what you see, and that always really resonated with me. I remember him saying that to me, and I always took that with me. So my whole life. I've always questioned everything and God dang it. I always, sorry about that. Someone called. I always question everything. And, uh, you know, I remember being very early on in school and I was listening to girls behind me talk about how they felt like Charles Manson was like a patsy. And I was like, so enthralled with that conversation. And then it just from then I've always questioned everything. And, you know, I moved to, um, uh, LA very early, like 1999. I was 25 years old at the time. And right a little after that became, you know, 9-11 and just the narrative with that. I never believed in any of that and what we were being told. And, you know, I've always been on the same side that I have, uh, you know, I always find that I've never like been like, oh man, I was totally wrong about that. I was way off. My instincts weren't right. And, it turned out that, like, you know, I tend to be more on the right side of this thing than than not. I get kind of little details wrong, but for the most part, 
I pretty much understand it. And uh, so that's where we are, man. And I could get into why I started the podcast if you want, but it was basically based off that Hillary Clinton was stealing stealing the primary from Bernie Sanders. It was pretty obvious what was going on. And, you know, I'd already had a, oh, I already had a horrible feeling about the 2000 election. That was another thing. Like, I was like, so obvious what's going on here with the Bushes, Florida, who's running CNN. It was so, how it's like his family members had like fingerprints over every moment that Al Gore not wanting to be the vote that broke the tie to get the investigation going when he himself would have benefited from an uh, investigation. All that came together. And, uh, you know, I, so here we are, man. And, you know, when when Bernie Sanders was, because I was, uh, you know, I consider myself, a, a leftist libertarian, you know, a liberal libertarian. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a social liberal, but I, I don't want the government involved in any of my stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I was watching people like Lee Camp and and Jimmy Dore, who are very, very progressives, who are still very progressives, talking about what you know what was happening to Bernie Sanders, and that really kind of woke me up. And I just stopped a. Uh, Stand, uh, a podcast at the time with a buddy of mine. We had, I had a brief falling out, so we stopped the show. And I decided to start a podcast, and I wanted to do, like, what is the most demonized term that comes from, you know, when it comes to conspiracy theorists? And I thought, Tim Fall Hat. I'm like, I'm going to own that name. And we came <laughs> with it, and I got a lot of – um I got a real, I got real pushback on it at first, but because people didn't want to do the show because they thought I was making fun of it, but then they understood what it was about, and uh, it was just about like if if you take a word back or a phrase back, they can't really offend offend you or affect you, and that's here we are today. I'm on your show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, you you're really in uh, in bad company now. <laughs> you come with me, but uh, oh, God, I, mean, I love you. You're the best, buddy. Oh, I, I appreciate it. You're, I love you too. But, um, you know, the Bernie Sanders reference you make, because, you know, a lot of us were, uh, and I, I come from earlier than you, but I come from the far left. I was about as far left as you could get. And that's when I first started getting into right-wing extremism, because if you go far left enough, that's where you meet the right-wing extremists on the far right, because there's some crossover there. And uh, I started, you know, realized pretty early on the Democrats aren't the good guys, or aren't the good guys, maybe. I, you know, liked a lot of some of the stuff. I knew Bernie Sanders' history, but a lot of what he was saying appealed to me, you know, from a Huey Long, you redistribute the wealth thing. That's my boy. But uh, what do you think of Bernie Sanders after, I mean, what amazes me is that you had these WikiLeaks emails that uh, prove that the DNC was conspiring to steal the nomination from him for Hillary, and somehow that gets twisted by our corrupt state-controlled press into the Russians stole the, the election from Hillary, but Bernie never protests. A lot of yeah. my friends, you know, I, I, a lot of these kind of half-assed celebrities that are my friends on Facebook, and I, a lot of them all voted in California, and I remember them protesting, you know, that, that, that they were still voting two or three days later in the California primary, and that was, and Sanders never protested once, he never, and then he, come, he comes out and he buys the Russian thing, so he's, even though, like you said, Al Gore didn't protest and it would have benefited him, here you have Bernie Sanders buying a theory that would have benefited him just to say, hey, you know, Julian Assange should, you know, Julian Assange should, should be a free man. And he exposed this, showed what they were doing to me. I mean, what does that say about him? 
Well, you know, when he was running, it wasn't necessarily that I was like a Bernie Sanders guy. I was pretty, I pretty much had divorced myself from the Democratic Party after uh, Obama's first term. I'm like, I remember when they were, at the time I, I was for Medicare for all. I am for something that, you know, so people can't go broke getting health care. You know, now that I can afford health care, I still I like these deductible things. Like, I don't know why anyone agreed to that. That's the biggest bunch of BS I've ever heard. But I found my Kelly, man, he was resonating with people and the people, because I was very idealistic. And I still believe this. The people should get who they want. Even if I don't agree with their policies, right. That's right. they should That's get right. who they want. And I saw Bernie Sanders playing stadiums while Hillary couldn't even fill a cafeteria. I'm like, the the optics alone don't add up. And so yeah. I was really into that, then exit polls and stuff like that. I was really into that. So, I, so, and it's not only that with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders comes out basically on, I forget who's late night talk show, and basically tells you how they're going to steal the 2020 election. He lays the whole <laughs> game book, the whole playbook out, and it happens to a T. So he and, and he was later on shown how they stole the election from him, and he said nothing, and he kept going with it because he took the cash and prizes. I have no illusion of anybody in Washington, D.C., caring at all about anyone. And if they do, Don, you don't know their name. You don't know where they're from. They're low-level people, and they're not, they don't, they either either play ball or you vanish. They bury you. And they, you'll never get to any super high level unless you play ball. Maybe R- Rand Paul's son, but I would still – he was starting to push vaccines too at some point. So yes. I have zero, zero faith in any of those people. I'm out of federal government. I'm more local. That's what I'm into now. I, I'm with you. I, I, I tell people, and I, you know, I'm a political junkie. So, you know, I'm talking about the Kennedys all the time and I'm still talking about Huey Long, uh, you know, the people that were my political heroes, but I recognize now that there that nobody, even if you assume that maybe there's a handful of Republicans in Congress that are okay, I, they're probably compromised too. And there's so few in number, I think they can afford to let a few decent people in. It's just, I know. think they have to to keep the illusion yeah. together. Yeah, the yeah. Going of that, there's fighting back. So, so <laughs> I, I really knew something was up when Obama got elected. He had the the White House, the the Senate, the Congress. He owned everything, dude. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came these these like Democrat blue dogs. They call them, and they're like, "We're not just gonna <laughs> sign off on anything that Barack Obama wanted." I'm like. Oh, here we go. Because yeah. it's never meant to be one-sided. It's never meant to be completely one-sided. Even Trump. But you could say, well, what? Because he was a Democrat. Trump gets both houses. They can pass anything they want. All of a sudden, there's like, oh, no, we're going to call out Trump. He's a dirty guy. He's working with the rock. Yeah. in collusion. You know, so this is the theater of all of it, man. And that was the beginning of me going, I cannot believe I fell for this. And then you think the internet, we start finding out that Obama is a Bush. And then I'm just like, get out of here. It's all garbage. It's all sure. pro wrestling. It's so pro wrestling. And Absolutely. the key to me is local politics, man. Start paying attention to local politics. 
Yeah, well, that's why, you know, I live right in the middle of uh, the, uh, the the county school board, the, the epicenter. You know, Loudoun County, Virginia, is, was I worked there for many years. I mean, I lived in Fairfax County, but Loudoun County, Virginia is where you're seeing the most pushback from parents. kind of shocks me. I mean, that's the wealthiest county in the United States. So there's a lot of rich parents there, but they're fed up with critical race theory. They're, they're fed up with, fed up with the transgenderism nonsense. And uh, they don't, and of course, the mass policy. So they've had... They've been very courageous, but so far they've gotten very little done. And I said at the time, this is the battle, you know, that's, that's a very low level school board, county school board. If we can't get change at that level, it's over because I mean, we, we know we can't get it in Congress or the white house or the Supreme court, but we ought to be able to do something affect change there. And so far, not much now. See what happens, but uh, you know, there's. I think one person resigned, but it's happening. And if you I'm watch, Francisco, they got rid of three of them, and this is always going to take time. But what yeah. I really do believe, man, is like, I mean, I get into the spiritual aspect of all of it. Don, I think there's yeah. laws of the universe. I'm really into the Kabbalion and all, and like you know, you can even get into the astro <laughs> astrology and all that stuff. And sorry about my dog. But you know, uh, this this is a this is the era of uh, awakening. This is uh, the you know the great awakening, and I think all these things are getting exposed now. So people start to wake up. And one thing I think, honestly, we learned down or at least I believe is that you know governors probably more like huh, more powerful than the president, and these yeah. governors are like, and we got focus on the stuff now. You know, that doesn't mean they can't rig it, but, you know, we got to make it harder and harder on these people to pull yes. these things off. And the more hard, the harder we make it, the more the more crazy they have to go, the more obvious it becomes. And I think we're starting to see that right now with a lot of things going on. Yeah, well, I and I agree with you. And you, you see, like, somebody like DeSantis, I, mean, I don't trust any of these people, but he's done some good things. And my governor in, in uh, Virginia, uh, Youngin, who is a typical country club, or we used to call them country club or Rockefeller Republicans, he, he wasn't any good. But so far, he has kept his promises on with the school board. And he's really angered them because so far he's saying no, no critical race theory, no mass mandates. And I, I'm kind of shocked by it. So, you know, maybe, you know, I've never thought I would be a Republican. I'm not a Republican. But right now, I think that this two-party duopoly, the, the Republicans, except for the very worst ones, you know, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, are less dangerous right now. That's now all we can hope for at the national level. Who's gonna who's gonna do less harm? Because uh the, the woke Democrats, my old left, they're absolutely insane. I'm convinced, Sam, that they if they had a referendum among the uh people that uh you know really committed to these pussy hat wearing politics, I think they would want to imprison, if not execute. 80 million people that voted for Trump. They they don't want any dissent, man. They just they want to cancel everyone. No, I totally agree with you on that, Don. And uh I, and again, I think that we this is all being exposed, man. And maybe it ha you know, I always said like, let's say everything just goes right back to what it was before coronavirus. Would anybody have learned any lessons? Right? <laughs> have would yeah. they weren't they would just go right back to it. 
And it's just, it's getting crazier and crazier out there. So maybe it needs to get worse before it gets better. And I, I hate to say that because I love my country so much. I, I don't want to see anyone going through pain and suffering. But that wakes you up a little bit. That makes you pay attention a little more. And Don, I'm going to be honest with you, man. If I, I think what's happening now with this Ukrainian stuff, they are blatantly lying in the media right now. It is, yep. it is. So it's the most obvious lies we've ever seen. Like, I mean, I mean, so this woman, you know, uh, um, Rubio interviews the woman who's yeah, in charge. Newland, I think her name was Newland. Yeah, yeah. Right? We have bio, she calls them bio research labs. We have bio research labs in the Ukraine. And this is, about, we're worried about them falling in the hands of the Russians, okay? Right yeah. there, the narrative should be done. But now you got yeah. people like Mitt Romney, The View, still talking about how that's a Russian collusion. Yes, it's narrative. Yeah, and they and they want they want to all but execute people like Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson, who are again they're they're about as the most we can get in the establishment media. I mean, they're talking sanity, but they're not extreme at all. They want to. They're calling them traitors, and this this is insane. What we're going through, but you know, I, I write about hidden history, and I talk. You know, you talk about the false flags and the, and the same kind of propaganda. Go back to 1898, uh, the you know the Spanish American War. And remember the Maine, then you had the sinking of Louisiana in World War One. It's admitted by the historians both cases that they lied about it, but they don't care. They continue to lie. Don, what about dual citizenship? You never hear anybody on the View talking about that. Dual citizenship. What about the fact that Eric Snowdell or whatever his name is got caught sleeping with a Chinese spy? He's still in office. Or what? What about Diane Feinstein getting busted with her chauffeur being a twenty years? Her chauffeur twenty years was a Chinese spy. What about the fact that Hillary Clinton had an email that went in real time to a Chinese? Chinese shipping company, and we know that yeah. the Chinese own everything. What are we talking about? What yeah. are we talking about? And this is what I'm saying. Everybody's waking up to this, even if it's slowly. Even if it's just a morsel of that doesn't make sense to me. Why are they saying that? If this happens enough, it becomes a trend, and people start waking up to it. But, Don, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think this is about money, and I don't think it's about po- Power. I think this is a spiritual war, man. The world sorcerers. Okay, Joe Biden is a broken sorcerer. He's not good at sorcery anymore. That that State of the Union was meant to get us all galvanized behind going into the Ukraine. He flubbed so many lines. Nobody got any kind of like any kind of excitement from that, and I think it really hurt his. His is uh, the campaign. So Absolutely. I think we're living in interesting times, man. Oh, we are. We are definitely, definitely interesting. What is the old, the old adage? May you be cursed to live in interesting times. We're definitely cursed if that's the case. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you, and I think again, and more and more people are saying this is spiritual battle, and that's why, uh, unfortunately, I think the the people that are buying this have no spiritual side. They don't believe in God. That's that's why you can't. How do you defend the First Amendment anymore? Because it, 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 try to get people to understand these are God-given rights. They're not rights the government gives you. You're born with them, God-given. Well, they don't believe in God. 
how are they going to believe in God given rights? So that's that's a spiritual battle. You're exactly right. You have to have your faith. You have to believe in something, a higher power, and uh, it's going to see more and more. And then you can talk about that guy Swalwell and people like that, the Einstein. These people, especially when they have great moral failings, Swalwell, people like that, there's no shame anymore attached to it. And not, they not only keep trotting them out there, but then they will lecture people when they know they have this skeleton in their closet. And that, that didn't used to happen. But again, it's, it's the depraved nature of the culture, Sam. We have, we're an idiocracy, but we're kind of a combined combination of idiocracy and Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, you know, uh, I'm a spiritual man. I'm not into organized religion. I respect all beliefs as long as you don't hurt people, in particular children. Okay. So I'm open minded. So much of the narrative right now, Don, is being done by people who do not do not have children in their life. Okay. Right. So the the world after their last last breath means nothing to them. So they could be okay with like, yeah, drag queens should be singing or reading to kindergarten. Yes. Because yes. how those children turn out mean nothing to them because they'll be long gone right there. And it's just the truth. And listen, man. I'm I, like, again, I'm a, a liberal libertarian. I don't care what you do in your own home as long as you're not hurting people, in particular children, okay? As long as you're not hurting children, I don't care what you're doing, man. But these people, they don't care. They know it's about indoctrination, brother, and that's what they're working on real hard is indoctrination because they got to get to them early. The fact that – have you seen the picture of the three girls who were at the medal – for the swimming event uh and the pen trans swimmer won and then the three of them took a picture by themselves with the trans swimmer over there that picture lets you know everything yes. this cultural yes. marxism isn't real don it's all astroturfed by blackrock vanguard and state street it's all funded by Federal Reserve dollars, okay? And if we got rid of the Federal Reserve, which I don't know how we're going to do it, but if we actually did it, brother, so much of our problems would go away. Sure. Well, absolutely. If, you, if people understood the banking system, and but the problem is there's so many things that people don't understand about anything. But if they understood the banking system that, you know, you try to explain to them, you understand this is legalized counterfeiting, that whenever, I mean, just imagine, you know, if you, if you wanted to, your friend said, I need a hundred bucks and you, you have, you know, you're broke. You don't have anything in the bank. doesn't matter. You can write him a check for a hundred dollars and, and then you're going to charge him interest on it. That's what every loan in this, in the art country, you know, when you talk about people, you know, defaulting on car loans or mortgages, anything else, if you make one payment to those people, well, they came out ahead. And I, you try to get people to understand, and you can't because the right, which should be receptive to that, they're stuck in the middle. Oh, people ought to pay their bills, you know. No, you know, not when they're fraudulent. But why should you? I mean, really, I would like to see everybody just, you know, stop paying everything. We, we talk about a national strike; that would be great, a worker strike. Oh, yeah. But how about a national? Let's not pay anything, and and that it, the system would crumble. Yeah, yeah. It's just unbelievable. And just what's been proven is that they've all been bought and sold. And I believe this in my heart of hearts, Don. I really do believe this, that the progressive social justice Marxist left. Okay. And again, I'm a liberal libertarian. I believe they are the American ISIS. They are completely funded by their extremists, funded by powerful people to destabilize and demoralize. 
And you can't do it. Like I've talked about this before. You can't send in an Al-Qaeda. You can't send in an ISIS into America because we have too many guns. We've seen what happened when Antifa starts burning down cities. People bring out the guns. People start dying. And the riots end. It happens every time. It happened in Kenosha. It happened in the Rodney King uh, riots when Koreans got on their top of their businesses and started pegging people off. Then the cops came in. The guns matter, brother. They matter very much. And they want to take it away because without that. Man, I'm going to tell you something, Dom. I'm, I'm watching all this stuff on television. These The View. The View just had a guy on there, a fat, black, gay man, talking about <laughs> how we should get rid of the Constitution, okay? All I have to say is please show me that version of him in Russia, in China, in Latin America, where is that guy? He doesn't exist because once the youthful idiots are, are being done being used, they're eliminated, okay? What's the ethnic minority in China? Guess what? There used to be 350 different ethnic groups in China. Now it's down to 50 with 95% of the population being one ethnic group, okay? Where are the gays in China? Where, where, what happens to women in, China, in communist and Marxism, right? They become yeah. second-class citizens. Those are facts. Those yeah. are facts. Well, that's and that's what when when Vladimir Putin again, and I, I don't trust any of these guys. I've seen pictures of him shaking hands with Klaus Schwab, he was former KGB. He's saying some great things. If, I mean, if you trust the Rus Russian translation, but he's coming across, and it's it's really amazing because you grew up during the Cold War, and you know how these roles have completely changed. Because that time it was the godless commies. That wanted to do all this. And now America is godless. Our leaders are godless. And they're pushing all this nonsense that men can have babies and all this. And if you listen to Putin, Putin is stressing a Christian revitalism. He, he's building churches in Russia, supposedly. And he's talking, he's making fun of just what you talked about of that fat black gay guy on the view. That's what he's making because he knows it shows where America's at. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't believe in war. I'm against every war. Because I'm like Benjamin Franklin, I think that there's no such thing as a good war or a bad peace. But America's at war so often that uh, we're going to be even less successful than we've been since World War II. And most people don't realize the last time we won a world war was World War II. So your vaunted military, you're not getting what you pay for there either. But uh, they're certainly not going to win any war if they keep trying to uh, have these woke troops where they want you know transgender units and everything. I mean, this is they happen in Hollywood. You know, out there in Europe, but that's the only way you can have a scriptwriter write it and have, yay, that transgender troop won, but it's not going to happen in real life. I totally agree with that, dude. I totally agree with that. And, you know, when you watch something like The View and all that stuff, this is where spirituality comes in. It's all about manifestation. They're, manuf they're manifesting this stuff. They have to get us to, to manifest the need to go into the Ukraine. And they're failing miserably. It's happening all the time, and that's why they—that's why the view can call 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 for people to be arrested and killed for for being against this war. It's all yeah. about manifesting. That's what it's all about. And uh, they're failing miserably. And I think we're winning. And so now the narrative is like one third of Americans want to go into Ukraine. Guess what? Two thirds don't, and that's the majority. And they don't ever tell you that. Yeah, and then they're they're in the marketplace of ideas. They they can't compete. 
So, you know, that's, that's why, you know, you have authoritarian mindsets because they know that you can't win. The kind of arguments are you can't win with saying, well, what we need now are more people and more incredibly poor people. That's what we need. So bring more illegals in, bring more migrants in. You can't sell that to people, the average Americans that are out there. Anybody that drives around in traffic or goes to a store, the last thing they think is, yeah, we need more people. You can, well, you at the same time. Oh, go, yeah. go on, sorry. No, I said at the same time telling, you know, stressing, don't have kids, basically, or be responsible. So, you know, with, so I'm sorry. I, you go, go ahead. No, no. But, but you know, they're try, what they do is they, they, they force immigration to de destabilize countries and destroy their heritage right so yes. that's what they've been trying to do with latin america you know i mean they're trying to force all these latinos up here but what they're starting to learn is that these latinos come from catholic countries and yes, they yes. communism and socialism so you know they're not down with any of this craziness that the democratic party that this cultural marxism that's being pushed on everybody they came from there and most of them when they get here are like shut the door behind me there's crazies coming like they it's, <laughs> it's it's not the same thing and even in europe where we've seen this flood of middle eastern migration most of these middle easterns want to get back to their home country as soon as yeah. syria was stabilized all the syrian immigrants all went back they they want to live in their home country. they want to be amongst their people this notion that they all want to be westernized isn't true people want to live in the, it's you know it's like if people wanted to live where quote unquote was the best san diego's population would be 350 million people but there's a reason why people like to live in cleveland is because their families there their heritage there it's what they know so it's like right. it's not that they necessarily want to live in the sunshine blue state all the, they want to live with their own and that, that's the big thing they're missing out and like nobody wants to come somewhere and turn it in to where they left. They want, they like the fact that you come here, work hard, build, build a great uh, life for yourself. And, and to be honest with you, Russia is trying to do that, but we will not let it, them. We are economically boycotting them. And then, you know, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go, but that gets into Tatarians versus Kazarians, which is like a super deep conversation. But it's like, right. why are they pounding on Russia so badly? Exactly. Exactly. Why? Because this, this is, you know, this is the first, you know, demon foreign boogeyman that we've had that didn't seem to be uh, directly related to Israeli interest in a long time. Because, you know, our foreign policy has been driven completely by the Zionist neocons since uh, the Reagan administration. It's been like back to OBJ. And you, you have to say, OK, what is what is Putin doing? How does he threaten Israel's interest? Doesn't seem to make sense. But Clearly, they are treating him like, you know, they, they were, he's a kind of a proxy for Iran. Iran was the, the country they seemed to wanted to go war with for so long. But now, you know, they're, and what they're, what's, what's really interesting is that they are, they're, here you have a, a, a nuclear power that is, can really fight back. And again, America has been fighting these absurd, uh, not even wars, the occupations and bombings of countries that were, barely had a military. They tried to build them up with weapons of mass destruction. Here you have somebody that's, uh, you know, the Russians are tough people. You know, they're, they're, they're like the only hard white people left, man, slapped. And, uh, they're, you know, they're American troops going against Russian troops. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I, if I had to bet my money, I don't know who I would bet on. 
Well, you know, Don, they're talking a lot about, about the fall of the American empire. And guess what? I'm all for it. Because you know what that means? End imperial imperialism. That's what that means. We're no longer going to be imperialist warmongers. I mean, like, dude, England, I still think they're uh, one of the powers that they're like, oh, yeah, we're not power. Don't look at us. Okay, whatever. <laughs> London, whatever. Right. a pound worth so much and you have zero exports. How do you do that? How do you keep your economy up when you're exporting nothing? What do you build in England? Nothing. You are the center of the monetary world. That's why you the 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 crowns created the monetary system to have so some had some and a lot had none. So that's how it goes. Okay, but I really do believe that the the end of the the end of the empire means the end of imperialism. I think people think it becomes a zombie apocalypse around here, and and we, people are just trying to the the to, it's like 28 days later and the truth is it just we no longer invade countries for for uh bankers that's what i think it means and guess what i i 100 am for that absolutely and you you use you, you get into the point where you know it's your country you want to root for our side but the fact is during my lifetime at least america has been on the wrong side of all these conflicts. So, and of course you sound like a traitor, but I'm sorry. I, you know, the Iraqi people, the, the, the Afghanis, they did nothing. The Vietnamese, they did nothing to warrant what happened to them. And uh, if, if we go to war with Russia, the Russians wouldn't have done anything to us either. You know, there's a, there's a, a very valid reason. I mean, again, I'm not taking sides because I, I don't think we should be involved at all. But if you look at it realistically, if, NATO or not NATO because they would NATO's with us, but if, if China or Russia put nuclear weapons on the Mexican border or the Canadian border, do you think we'd have a problem with that? And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Don, it's called Bay of Pigs. We've seen what happens when Yes, exactly. Right. And the, and nobody nobody no American's gonna disagree with, with with you know us getting upset about and Cuba was ninety miles off our shore. This is right on the border with Russia. So it, Putin has a valid argument. Again, I'm not saying he's a good guy because I think these are all state actors. But uh, looking at it dispassionately, and I, I also know the Zelensky guy and the fact that this guy is a penis piano-playing comedian. This guy is a clown. I mean, to, to think that and they're building this him up into some kind of George Washington. It's in the media. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's all it's all being – I mean, we just had a foreign leader – dress in foreign military fatigue, beg us to enforce a no-fly zone that would call World War, cause World War III. Where is all this money going that we're sending over there? This whole thing is a giant money laundering scheme. That's all it is. It's a money laundering scheme. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, again, the idea is that I, the reason I think that, again, I, I've, I've been talking about this all my life, I talk about domestic issues. I, I ignore foreign policy other than to say we should withdraw, we should disengage, and we should, I believe like George Washington did in his farewell address that we should have entangling alliances with no nation. Congratulations with all. You talk to all of them. You don't have any embargoes like you did with Cuba and Iraq that did a million babies or something. You don't do that. But you don't get involved and you protect your own shores. And first thing you do is you protect your Southern border. You don't worry about Ukraine's border. How about protecting your own border? That's, a, that's the first, you know, uh, to me, the first responsibility of the military, but 
We don't do that. We leave it wide open and you ignore all the domestic issues. Look around you, Sam. I mean, we've got the infrastructure of a, of, of a, a fourth world banana republic. We've got, uh, you know, the, the, this incredible culture wars, incredible division that's being pushed nonstop by a state-controlled media. There is no free press. There's no investigative journalists. Our civil liberties are being eroded completely. We're Probably half the country doesn't even believe in free speech anymore. Certainly, no one in power does. All this and corruption is everywhere. You talked, you know, talking about Hillary Clinton. All none of these people are ever punished. They're all above the law, and yet you have the January sixth people who are protesting in their constitutional right to do so, protesting an election. They're in prison for over a year now. So much wrong in this country it needs to be fixed. And what do we do instead? Keep your eye. Well, what, about he, what is he doing over there? And you pointed a foreign boogeyman and. Americans keep falling for it. It's so frustrating. Well, I personally believe we haven't fallen for it. That's why two-thirds people don't want to go to war. And that's just today. <laughs> and I think every day it goes longer, the less likely it's going to happen. Remember, dude, they tried to do this with uh, with Iran and that. Oh, my God, the, they shot down our drones. Thoughts and prayers to the drones family, right? <laughs> Oh my God, that poor drone. Why? Why the drone? The drone just wants to his family. Why? And it's just like, dude, they, they've played their hands, man. And the internet, for whatever, I've been talking a lot about this, Don, but whatever the internet represents, uh, whatever it is, uh, it's a permanent record. And I know Klaus Schwab has been talking about uh, taking the internet off and like, oh my God, something's going to happen. Don, I know it's going to sound crazy because I make majority of my money off the internet. I wish they would take down the internet, take it down. I would love to see what happens when we go two weeks without the internet. How are you going to propagandize us? How are you going to memorize us? What is going to happen when we realize, oh, we don't need the internet. We can talk to our neighbors and get back to like it was in the 80s and 90s. What are you going to do? How are you going to mine our data? How are you going to do any of that? You'll never do it. You want to take down the internet? Take the internet. Take it all down. Take it down. Take it down. I'm telling you, man, you think you can get us. Give us three weeks without the internet and watch nobody come back to it. Watch it. They'll be like, nah, dude, I don't need the internet. I don't need any of that stuff. I'm gonna, I've learned how to cook. I've learned how to paint. I've learned how to do all this wonderful stuff. You know, why do I need to go on TMZ anymore? They do that. They got rid of McDonald's. They got rid of, they got rid of McDonald's. They got rid of a Pornhub and they got rid of Coca-Cola in, in yeah. Russia. Are we trying to hurt them or help them? It sounds like they're going <laughs> to vibrate on a higher level. Exactly. Yeah. When they when they said that, it's like, wait a minute. They're certainly going to be healthier with that Coca-Cola and McDonald's and Pornhub will be uh, morally better off. But yeah, it's. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying, and you know, it's nobody knows. I think what's going to happen. But it, I'm kind of like you, and I, I. That's why I don't make any predictions. I, mean, I think one of the problems Alex Jones has, he, and a lot of people like that, they make too many predictions, and of course they're wrong 99 of the time because we can't predict this stuff because we're not. We're not in the big club, George Carlin talked about. But I suspect that we're not going to have World War III. I think they'll pull back and they'll make people think it. I don't know what they'll go on to next, but because it, it'll be just another distraction. It's certainly what I, whatever, my prediction is that whatever happens at any given time now, it will not benefit or make things better for the vast majority of people. I understand what you're saying. 
I and you know, like I said, maybe it needs to get worse before it gets better, and yes. maybe that's what we've been going through is this death rattle of this, you know, this 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 occult uh, black magic death cult, right? But maybe, just maybe, dude, this is what it takes to get through it. And all yeah. this stuff is being revealed. And, uh, you know, a parasite never goes quietly. It fights tooth and nail. You know, even like an exorcism fights tooth and nail. It doesn't want to go. And I think that's what we're going through. But here's the thing, Don. Every time they do another one of these, okay, all of a sudden, the, the you know, there's a permanent record. And, like, dude, they try to get us into Iran. We all remember Iraq. They're trying to get us into Ukraine. We all remember Iraq. And we also all remember Syria. This whole thing about chemical weapons, they're trying to set up that that, that Putin's chemi using chemical weapons. We all know red line, rat line. Obama said Assad was uh, gassing his people. The UN, I don't know why they did this because it goes against the new world order, rushed in and goes, no, those aren't Assad's chemicals. Those are most likely from Gaddafi's war chest. And what happened? Obama had to march it back. He couldn't go in like that. And all of it's manifesting, dude. And every time they mess up, every time they mess up, it gets a permanent record. I'm telling you, man, more people are looking into holistic medicine than ever. Everyone's like, dude, this jab, you're lying to me. What else are you lying to me about? So they're looking Absolutely. into holistic medicine. So I don't know. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather like live it with the cup is uh, half full than half empty. I right, think it's right. very easy to get lost in that doom and gloom. But I think we're good. I think people are waking up and we... You're never going to get everybody. There's always going to be opportunists and sellouts that are willing to take that, that Fed funny money. But I think people are waking up to it more and more and more. Like I used to not do spirit, like on Tinfoil Hat, they, like anytime I did a spiritual podcast, they had a bad reaction. Like, we don't want that. We want the conspiracies. Now I do a spiritual podcast. Everyone's like mm, listening to it. It does great numbers. So I, I'm interested. I think I think the future is bright, but I'd rather live in that. Even if a bomb is a nuclear bomb is, which I don't really believe in, but if a nuclear bomb was being dropped on me right now, right? I, I mean, like, what am I gonna do? Run around like the with a chicken with its head cut off? What am I gonna do? Nobody show. No, you're right. And I'm with, I'm with you. I don't, I don't you know. And there's an argument to be made that nuclear bombs are. Uh, you know, maybe they're mythological. It's a whole sector of people in our conspiracy world. You have, I mean, you know, you got the flat earthers and people like, and that's, and the reason why these people exist is because we, as you said earlier, the first recognition that you need to have is that we've been lied to about everything. So why would you trust these people? I don't trust them at all about anything, nothing. There's nothing that people in state controlled media or some politician can tell me that I'm going to necessarily believe because it usually contradicts what I, you know, my own personal experiences, but I want to ask you, what, what do you think about uh, what I think is the most underreported story right now? And that is the fact that apparently uh, they're inadvertently or advertently culling the herd that, uh, you know, the, the death rate, according to insurance companies uh, from those 18 to 64 is up 40% since last right. year. This is air shattering. <laughs> Dude. Dude, listen to me, Don, I'm just going to say this right now. Okay. I'm just going to say this right now. So the, uh, the, the CDC comes out 
It's even crazier than that, Don. It's even crazier than that. The CDC comes out about October 2021 saying that we're going, and they put this on their website, which states we're going to stop using the current test because it can't tell us the difference between the flu and COVID, right? Right there to the end. And call it a day. It's all done. Okay. Now the FDA, Don, comes out and goes even harder into it. So on the let me see if I actually have this saved in my notes because I tend to um, save these crazier stories. Hold on. Um, yeah. Save these crazier stories. Well, and you, you, can, you, can, while you're looking, you combine that with uh, – the, you had a doctor that came out the other day and said that millennials, and that's my children's generation, millennials are dying at like a, a rate of like 84% beyond what you would expect. I mean, this is this is shocking what's going on, and people are just not paying attention to it. Don, so this thing comes one hundred percent, Don. So this 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 um, where is it? Forty one. Here it is, dude. So okay, it basically says here it is, Don. Right here, it's EUA dash CDC dash panel.ifu is the document okay here on page 41 okay and this is right from the fda okay i'm gonna read you this since no quantified virus isolates of the 20 2019 covid were available for the cdc to use at the time the test was developed with a, a what basically was uh was where is it was tested was developed with something else than COVID, okay? The test was never. This is this is from the from its own the the FDA's own website. This yeah. is the FDA's own website saying the yeah. test that we've been using to tell us about COVID never was built to test for COVID. Ah, so well, now we well, got. Well, this, yeah. has, this this Pfizer dot going, and it's yeah. saying basically deaths in children are up eighty percent, eighty percent. Yeah, well, you you have you you're probably familiar with this, but as as I as more the more that I learn, it's it's obvious that the people that rule us have some kind of a cultic thing, and it doesn't matter if we believe it, they believe it. And that's why you see all the hand signals and all the crazy look childish stuff they do, the, the, the ring around their eyes and all the nonsense they do, because they believe it. Whether it gives them power, I, I don't know. But they, you know, this is something that, uh, and God, I lost my thought. Why did I go there? <laughs> I, t- I, I, I tend to go for, but. but I do it all know, the time, brother. Well, I, I know what it was. Yeah. So basically, they have to, in, in their you know, occult world or whatever it is, they have to. There's a rule that they have to tell you what they're doing. So that's why those things like that existed. Yes, and, and so it's like the vampire asking if he can permission to come in the house. It's some weird morality, twisted morality they have. So they're they're telling you it's all out there in plain sight if you look. Karma. It's karma. It's mana. What I've been saying about false flags and propaganda. Those those are there to get us to manifest what they want. They can do stuff on a tiny level where nobody finds out, but this global genocide crazy stuff, 
they need our permission so that there's no karma for them. Basically, that's that's the occult version of all that. They need per, they need permission to like enter. And it's same thing with light. The entities yeah. light. We're all surrounded by entities light. They will not help us unless we ask for help. Yeah. And it's, 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 if you look at like, you know, all the research I do, it's, it's there. It's uh, so people say it's, because, well, it's not me saying like, it's not me conspiracy theory saying that in April, 2020, the CDC, and I published it on my social media at the time, the C before, back before they started shadow banning me, but uh, the CDC published a directive, sent a directive to all the hospitals that told them you were to list the cause of death as being from COVID, even if the patient hasn't been tested. Now, and the same thing, John Rappaport was on one of my early shows, and he told me, and it's true, every one of those weekly CDC, they, they send out weekly statistics, and nobody bothers to look for them, but if you do, and the, and the numbers go up and down like a yo-yo. They're all over the place, which makes no sense scientifically, but there's a disclaimer in every one of those weekly statistics that say, note, it include, this includes presumed cases. So they're, they're, they're including cases that even their PCR tests, which the guy who invented it and died mysteriously right before this pandemic happened, that guy said, you can't use this for any kind of, uh, you know, to, to detect any kind of virus. He knew it was a fraud. It's 90% false positive. So the entire thing is a joke and it's all out there and easily proven. But instead, people won't listen to anything you're saying. When you say, look at the CDC, look at the WHO, the WHO was caught lying about the swine flu uh, in, in 2009. They've lied before. Look at them, but they won't. Instead, they call you a conspiracy theorist. I'm getting my information from them. They're telling you, but you won't listen. Yep. Yep. 100%, dude. It's all, that's why I say the world's ran by sorcerers, man. It's all ran by Thank sorcerers. You. Carrie, Carrie, Stephanie, and Stephanie Anderson in the chat room says Carrie, uh, Corey Mullis. That's, that's the guy's name. Yeah. He PCR test. You can even get an yeah. HIV with that, man. There's videos yes. of him going. They never isolated the virus. He said right. They never, I've asked yeah. for their research. They didn't do it. This is the greatest con of all time. But nobody wants to hear about that because they can't come to grips because everyone thinks they got a great BS meter and they can't get, and they're trusting people. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Most people are good people, right? Yeah. Most people are good people. So they're trusting because they spread us so thin. We just don't have time to question everything. But in reality, we should question everything. Sure. And, should. and you're and you're right. Most people that they they have good intentions, and they uh, especially in, in America 1.0. I mean, I think we've been living in America 2.0 since uh, at least 9/11. You know, the Patriot Act and everything. But in America 1.0. People, you watch old movies and TV shows and stuff. You see, people were. They grew up, okay, you know, trust the police, trust the authority figures, you know, trust the judge, trust the priest, trust the preacher, all the people you, you trust the lawyer, doctor, you know, trust the medical system, all that. And we've come to realize that, wow, you can't trust these. These are the worst people in the world. Yeah. You know, but now it's not, now it's, you know, don't trust the conspiracy theorists. That's because that's, you know, anybody that questions them, oh, you know, those wacky conspiracy anti-vaxxers. And uh, that's exactly what you get demonized as. And it's it's frustrating because breaking through that conditioning, as they are, you know, they are, as, you know, as, as, as Jagger Hoover of all people said a long time ago, and he was a great conspirator himself, but 
he said that this, the average citizen can't, ex, he can't confront the reality that there's a conspiracy this big, that, that this thing exists. And that's what it is when you try to tell people they can't, they refuse, they will not accept it. Their conditioning will say, no, there's not, you're crazy. Did you think everything is a conspiracy? And I always say, oh, yes, I do, because we're being run by conspirators. Dude, 100% everything's a conspiracy. 100% from the food we drink to our language, our language, the, the hidden history, the burning of books, everything yes. like that. It's all, uh, it's all a conspiracy. It's all, they've been doing that. They've been messing with your food, what you drink, what you breathe. And what you consume with your mind. It's all done from, from the hurts of your music you consume. It's all done. And we've just allowed this, you know, octopus of dark arts to take over everything. And I just believe that people are starting to wake up to it. Yeah, well, and I think what you're saying is the people that there are more people waking up, especially young people, because, you know, we've sold out. Uh, the young people. God knows what the millennials are screwed. I don't know what the, whatever they call the generation as that. God knows they're screwed. But they're, I mean, they're, they're going to be entering. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're 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 going to be really screwed because we've uh, you know the boomer generation especially especially just made so many bad decisions and they were very selfish and they they had it really good themselves. I was fortunate too, I, and, and but that world doesn't exist anymore. So you know, we we don't even know what the real unemployment rate is. So they they love to castigate the snow the the snowflakes and the the buttercups or whatever you call them living in their uh, parents' basement playing video games. But maybe they don't have any other option. Who knows what kind of jobs are really out there? And uh, since they closed down all the small businesses with the unconstitutional lockdown, and we we still don't even know what the economic impact of the last two years is going to be. They destroyed. Small businesses, small businesses already in bad shape before that. Ninety yeah. percent of them failing in the first year. Now, I mean, I don't even know how you'd start a small business today. But people, people don't look at that, and you know, everybody can't work for Walmart. But apparently, that's what they want eventually, or they just want to give the universal basic income. Well, you know, I also believe in my heart of hearts, Don, that people like. Well, first of all, what they did to small businesses was basically attack on the middle class and lower class, in particular the white community, black people as well, Hispanics, everybody. But uh, what they did to the indigenous people how, with these reservations, okay, yes. with yeah. the poor people on the reservations, they killed all the buffalo so the men couldn't hunt. The men didn't have any jobs, so they bombarded them with alcohol and drugs. Well, guess what? They did the exact same thing to the black community, right? So they 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 took away the jobs and they bombarded them with crack. All the dads went to jail. They incentivized welfare. They said if, the, if there's any sign of a dad in the household, you, you're off of welfare. That was done purposefully to destroy the f black family unit, okay? So what's happening now in the white, middle, and lower class families? You're seeing just, I mean, NAFTA taking out all the jobs, right? All the all the uh, manufacturing jobs are gone. And now we see Oxycontin and heroin and crystal meth destroying middle and lower class, uh, you know, rural cities, suburbs and all. This is the game plan they've done to every single, de uh, every single 
uh, demographic, even the gay community. They told me, you know, they bombard them with crystal meth, poppers and all that stuff. They tell them they have an HIV virus and they put them on AZT, which was a cancer drug. And then they kept them on the drug forever. Like who takes cancer drugs forever? Well, they made the gay community do that. And that's why they, they all die. They've never right. isolated the HIV virus ever. Right. Right. And there were so many parallels to HIV. Fauci was right in the middle of that. And uh, it was the same kind of thing. They had a, 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 a test for HIV, which was never isolated, as you said, much as the COVID-19 has never been isolated. It was supremely flawed. They gave a huge a number of false positives. And the people were coming in with no symptoms, terrified. And as soon as they gave them the drug, AZT in that case, which is a failed cancer drug, uh, that's when they got sick and died. As soon as they stopped giving them AZT, AIDS pretty much went away. And now you're saying the same thing with what they're doing in the hospitals with remdesivir, especially, and the ventilators and all that. It's the same kind of thing. Treatment is killing people much as the uh, treatment killed all the people that uh, supposedly had AIDS. We don't even know what the reality of that was. I mean, why is why did Magic Johnson survive? Because someone who loved him pulled him aside and went, hey, man, this is the this drug is going to kill you. Freddie Mercury stayed on it. Magic Johnson got off it. Who's alive today and thriving and who's no longer with us? It's all right there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and it's it's there. And there's so many of these things that people don't know. They don't know the history of AIDS. They don't realize Fauci was involved. And Fauci was, it goes back to the 80s. He was also involved in the 1986 Act. So even, even the, the Vaccine Reform Act, whatever, that made it basically almost impossible to sue vaccine makers for so now that you're seeing what is apparently happening to who knows maybe millions of people from these vaccines deaths and and injuries unless the law changes they don't have a legal recourse against them it has to be some kind of class action lawsuit or overwhelming you get some politicians involved because thanks to that 1986 act these people are exempt so are the hospitals are exempt from legal ramifications yeah, I mean, it's all been a slow, 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 slow manipulation of it. So they get set up and they get protected and you don't have to worry about it. And that's like where we are, man. And that is brother. But I, well, I know you, I know you, I don't want to keep you because you said you can only stay for an hour. So we only have like a minute left. So I'm going to give you a chance to uh, sum up whatever you want and uh, give out any links you want. Tell the people how they, I'm sure most people are listening know how to get a hold of you, but uh, just whatever you want to say. Well, Don, I just want to say that I'm, a, you know, again, a huge fan. I'm sorry I could only stay for this long. And next time we'll do it on time that I could do, see here, because we're just getting started. So anytime, yeah. all the time, I'm a big fan. Love you. Got none but love for you. Um, so just go to samtriplee.com. Check that out. I have a podcast basically for everything. Uh, Tim Fall Hat for Conspiracy Zero for Spirituality, Punch Drunk for Sports, uh, Cash Daddies for Investing. Just go to samtribly.com. You'll find all my premium. You'll find uh, banners to click for my premium content, my free content, my my um my um my specials, my comedy specials, my tour dates, all there at samtribly.com. And again, Don, nothing but love for you, and thank you for having me on. Same to you, man. I love you too, Sam. Thanks for coming on, man. Take care. We'll, we'll talk soon. You're the best, buddy. Take care. Thanks for everything. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, man. Take care. It's great Sam Tripoli. So obviously very, very honored to have him on. He's a very passionate audience. I can see some of you in the chat room. So uh, 
hope you'll stay on for an hour to listen to me uh, ranting and raving about the news. I, I hope I can get uh, more of you. I want to say hi, first of all, to the people that Stephanie, God, I can't see what Stephanie Lurkey Anderson, you make some good points. Thank you, Chris Buchan, Chris Graves, my friend. I want to I want to shout out to Chris Graves. Chris Graves needs your prayers and thoughts. He's going through a very rough time, and he's still so supportive of me. He shows up in the chat room um, when he's going through what he's going through. I can't tell you how much I appreciate Chris Graves and wish him the best. He has been so helpful to me between Chris Graves, Peter Tsikach, and Bob Wilson. Uh, those three have sent me so many things. For, I'm writing Hidden History 3 now, and I couldn't uh, be putting it together the extent I have without them. They've done so much hard work on just everything from JFK to 9-11 to Sandy Hook to, uh, you know, the Civil War, the American because, you know, I cover everything. Very, uh, very gratifying to have people like that. And it's nice to see uh, them in the chat room as well. Um, let's see. I know. Dude, Dave, good to see you there as well. And again, I can, I can see this. I hope I'm going to be able to get to the Rockfin chat room. If I can, uh, Tony's going to send me the link at some point so I can try to interact with the people that are over there. But um, so, you know, we covered a lot of the uh, current events uh, in, in the first hour. And obviously, uh, the attention has turned from uh, you know, the joke is that is Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that um, finally did something nobody else could do. He got rid of uh, COVID because it seemed to have largely disappeared since he did that. But, uh, you know, of course, in, in, uh, instead we're uh, treated to this constant Ukraine and Russia drama. Now, I, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with my writing, you know that uh, I don't, okay. I'm looking at the, sorry about this, guys. I'm looking at the link now that Tony, if I can address the, the chat room in Rockfin. But um, if you're familiar with me, you know, I'm, I'm going to be against every war. And as I said, Benjamin Franklin was uh, the greatest quote I think I've ever heard on war. And that was, there's no such thing as a good war or a bad peace, as a, bad, a good war or a bad peace. And uh, unfortunately, too many uh, Americans, especially, don't seem to recall that. It just amazes me that anybody, uh, anybody would be willing to, to go to war over this Ukrainian thing. But you can see how the, and I wish I could be as optimistic as, as my buddy Sam Tripoli, but I don't have quite the same view of most Americans. I think most of them are just, uh, unfortunately, they're just uh, easy, way too easily susceptible. To this propaganda, and the, the the media has just been treating, beating the drums for this nonstop. The way they have made like a folk out of this character Zelensky. I mean, this guy. Understand that he actually was not only a comedian, but he's an actor who was playing the part in some role he had. He was playing the part before he became president of the Ukraine. He was playing a role of the president of Ukraine. This this is just amazing to me that. that Looking at the chat, I hope I can see glasses. Okay, San Francisco. No war. That's exactly right. Bill Hicks is mentioned there. I mean, yeah, we need somebody else. But could Bill Hicks exist today? Could George Carlin exist? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what kind of comedy they would do because 
And I think, you know, it, Sam, uh, if he would, uh, if he like stand up full time, I don't know how you would do that. I, you know, I, I once had, you know, you know, aspirations in that area. I did a few, got up in front of open uh, places when I was very young and uh, it's scary, but it appeals to me. I, I, you know, I like to try to be funny. I love to make people laugh, but I don't know how you could do a comedy act, especially today when there's so, the things that you would make fun of and, and satirize are all the things you can't make fun of officially because you'll be canceled for. So I don't see how you do it. I, I, there's a reason why shows like Saturday Night Live are just so milquetoast meme now. Uh, you know, shows the, the absurd late night talk shows, you know, Alan and Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers and uh, especially uh, Stephen Colbert. Oh, God, what has happened to that guy? But uh, these people, again, are, uh, they're shackled because they can't, they can only say certain things. And um, they can't really, they can't, for instance, if you, you can still make fun of Trump because he did, he's the, he, designated WWE bad guy, but you can't you can't make fun of Joe Biden, can't make fun of Kamala Harris, can't make fun of Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Chucky Schumer, Lindsey Graham. I mean these are the people that are complete laughing stock. Bill Gates. I mean these these people are I mean, write a lot of funny comedy skits you know, about those guys if you had an SCTV show that was the type of show that would be allowed to be on the air today, but they wouldn't because they would be, all those areas, topics would be off limit. You'd be confined. Okay. How many times can I uh, talk about, uh, talk about, you know, Donald Trump? That's basically what, what it would be. Or how many times can I make fun of you know, Christians? And that, that's what you wrote. And uh, I think that um, we've lost, society's lost so much. And, uh, you know, the more I, the older I get, you know, the more I, I, I you know, hearken back to my youth and I just, I, I try to tell people, and not, not that it was a golden era, hell, I was complaining constantly back in those days, you know, I was started ranting and raving in the, in the mid to late seventies as a teenager. And I, you know, basically everything you hear me talk about now, I was talking about, then. Uh, I was talking about, uh, you know, the corruption and it, whatever, various, um, topics of the day. Certainly we talk about the JFK assassination constantly then. And uh, nobody listened. Obviously, there are very few people listening. And I found once I, once I started getting this platform now, the platforms that I have, I mean, I've been on Coast to Coast many times. Uh, uh, can, I've been on, I was on RT television uh, several times, but uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there's Patrick Riddlemoser. Hey. You can make fun of white men, religious groups. Can't think of anything exactly. Good to see you, Patrick. Somebody I know in real life. Uh, his uh, older brother, Joe Burton, was one of the best friends I ever had. Passed on, unfortunately, uh, in December of last year. And uh, little did I know when I was going to his funeral that, you know, less than a month later, my own brother would die thanks to what I'm calling metacide. And, uh, you know, the killing of people. Let's talk UFOs, buddies. <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, and if you talk to your brother Joe, you would know he would tell you about it. Before the internet, 
And when uh, Sam was talking about, you know, the internet longer, longer being with us, he well, obviously would transfer. I live online now. All my best friends are people I've met online, all of them. I have so many of them from all over the world. And it's just gratifying because it makes up for the fact that, you know, when I realized when I was fired after 44 years of uh, working at, at a large healthcare institution, to, for helping out a handicapped coworker, when I was fired for that, you know, I, I, I ran. Wow, I thought I had a lot of friends. Apparently, <laughs> I didn't. So, thank goodness because I don't hear from them. Thank goodness uh, that I have you guys out there, people listening to this show, that read my blog, read my writings on Substack, read my books because uh, yeah, it's very gratifying. And so, I don't know what I'd do if I did not have this source, you know, this medium to be able to communicate with you. I, I, I really be. Uh, Thank you. It's, you know, to, to definitely be uh, feel a lot emptier. Certainly, especially since the death of my brother, it was. It's so gratifying. I've heard from so many, and when I write about him, still, uh, it gets the most response of anything because so many people have gone through this kind of thing. Um, it's uh, it's uh, so you know. Again, I can't. I can't thank you guys enough. Patrick wanted to talk say a few things about UFOs. When back in the day, when I was reading constantly, you know, I was devouring books like they were going out. I was a reader, and obviously, my main topic, you know, this is mid late seventies. Main topic of reading material was the JFK assassination or RFK or MLK, maybe. But the second one, it, I read plenty of that too. Were, were UFOs the general topic of UFOs, Bermuda Triangle? You know, unexplained phenomena, forte and phenomena, which I'm very interested. I haven't written a book about it yet, but if you've read my novel, The Unreal, it's full of that stuff. It's uh, you've got a lot of JFK assassination stuff, but it's phenomena. Uh, so in the last few years, and not so much lately, but certainly last year, the year before that, I was shocked and I commented on it that see suddenly that all these references in the mainstream media, UFOs, and to suddenly giving them credibility when these are the same people that made fun of anybody that claimed they saw a UFO. They smeared them just like they were JFK assassination witness. And uh, these people lost their jobs, their, their marriages broke up, and yet they were smeared that they were seeking attention. Nobody would seek that kind of attention. Some were left with physical injuries. So there's a real phenomenon there, unquestionably. I mean, all the thousands, if not millions of people that encountered uh, these things testify to that it's a real phenomenon i just don't believe it's you know an alien technology one of the things i still fear and we talked about the conspiracy world and I, and I thought when they started suddenly giving credibility to ufo showing videos that have existed for decades suddenly acting like this is something new it's not not something new phenomenon has been out there forever and uh when they started giving the credibility i started thinking wow they're going to do the fake alien invasion and a lot of people need project Bluebeam. A lot of people think that could still happen. So that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle lately because we had, you know, the COVID thing went on for so long. And uh, now you have the the Russian Ukraine nonsense. So, and you still have basically back of it all on our culture thing. And the, the woke left is so distracted by uh, their lust to um, lock everyone up, cancel everyone. I mean, they want, they want everyone to lose their job. They want people to be locked up. And I think they want a lot of us executed. I firmly believe having talked to them a lot, including a lot of people who were supporters of mine. And just because I initially 
said some uh, decent things about Donald Trump. I've certainly been very critical of them since, but they don't look at it that way. And they really have Trump derangement syndrome to such an extent want anybody that ever once supported him to be canceled and even executed. I've talked to just you know talking to people who were your friends or you know, cyber friends or whatever, and having them say uh, you know those people are traitors, the insurrectionists, and they should be executed. Uh, it's frightening to hear that because I, I, I try and I've tried to respond to them. But it's like trying to respond to people that are saying Oswald did it. I mean, possible. But they're obviously totally irrational to take a position like that to begin with. Again, I defend their right to be irrational. I defend their right to, you know, I'm a, a civil libertarian, a pure free speech purist. And, uh, but you can't, I'm not going to engage them in debate, but when they, when you, I ask them, I try to be, you know, come back intelligibly and try to, you know, get them to realize the position they're taking and said, okay, you want, you want the insurrection that's executed. These are people that walked inside a, a federal building that their taxes pay for. Only a handful of them did anything violent at all, and they could easily be identified. Apparently, they're not, certainly because they're under government agents. They're not being prosecuted. And people like, you know, armed with a tambourine and things like that are walking around nicely and politely between the purple ropes. They didn't even go outside the purple ropes. They didn't uh, desecrate anything. They didn't knock over a statue. They didn't desecrate any of the priceless works of art there did nothing. They walked in most of them photo bombs, just took pictures of the one guy stuck his boots on Nancy Lord uh, Lady Pelosi's desk. Oh, what a, what a horrible crime that was. And um, for that, they, they face the prospect of years in prison, but that's not enough for the people that have Trump derangement syndrome to the degree where they actually want them executed. I've had several people tell that they should be hung. They should be hanged. They should be executed. They're traitors. And I, so my response is, well, okay, who, who wouldn't you execute then? So clearly you got to execute pretty much everybody that's in prison now because all of their crimes were you know, <laughs> far more severe than whatever you want to call this, this incident. And of course, they, they're reacting emotionally. And that's one of the problems and one of the, the real reasons we need to try to focus on things domestically. But I don't know. I think it's irreparable risk. And, and Sam was right in that more people are waking up. There are more people waking up. Not enough though, not anywhere near enough. And what I think what we mistake is that the, the people that are already awake are just getting, it's it's like you're, you're giving them amphetamines. You know, we're, we're just more and more awake. We're buzzing so that we could not be more awake. On the other hand, we're not able to wake anybody up. The other side is more asleep than ever. They're comatose. And you just can't get them to realize no matter what reason with them uh you can't you can you can use all the examples you want and they're they're still you know just gonna uh, they're gonna sit there and give you a blank look and i i run into that all the time as i said you know the only person i've been able to wake up and it, it that i know personally is my son i mean in the past uh, in the old days i woke up some friends to a degree like joe burton and i talked about and a few other friends but to a degree and uh, but now that things are so that things were not nearly as bad then anyway wasn't the situation we're in now. But with this situation, I should be waking up people left and right. But no one's interested in my information. I don't even share it with family and friends because there's no point. They have zero interest, and I'm sure I'm I'm guessing that people that are awake 
all over the world kind of run into the same situation. I've talked to them. I mean, some people are lucky and they have like they have a couple of high school brothers that uh, they're both obviously awake. And I think their father is too. So they're always emailing me kind of it's really cool to get this. Uh, I love that when I find somebody that's really that's interested in this stuff because ultimately we have to get them involved. We have to get them interested. And it's amazing that they are because America has been so dumbed down. And I think we've lost 10 IQ points every generation or five or something ridiculous on average. So, um, you know, it's uh, Chris Buckin is making lots of points. Chris says, John Jeffries is a good dude. Thank you. I'm sure John would, would be, my son would be happy to hear that. And you met him. We met, we were fortunate enough to meet Chris when he came to Virginia a few months ago. Um, and again, Chris, I, I wish you all the best. I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for me and do for me. And um, it's, uh, you know, there's so many people that are suffering. And I hear from those people too, you know, experiences similar to my brothers and, uh, that uh, the guy I had on my uh, the show last week, which YouTube uh, ended up taking it down for medical misinformation because uh, the guy was on there talking about the death of his wife, a pregnant wife. Luckily, he had the baby, but um, very similar to one of my brother experienced at the hands of a hospital. Uh, there was also a woman who survived forty four ordeal of 45 days. Incredibly, she was very strong to survive the medical malpractice. For that, they took it down, and so, I don't know. My days are probably <laughs> uh, short on on YouTube. So uh, if you're watching it, if you're watching the live stream there, uh, be apprised that you can you can watch it on Facebook and Twitter, assuming I stay there. And of course, Rockfin.com on America Unplugged. But um, that probably will become the primary method, I would imagine, of watching. If the audience grows, then eventually they're going to. I mean, three strikes are out on probably all the. It's one of the really unbelievable things that's happening in this country that it was, I don't think even Orwell foresaw the kind of uh, cancel culture that has led to the kind of censorship we see now. And again, it's it's good people do nothing. That's the old thing. You know, uh, all that's necessary for evil to process is good people to do nothing. And that's what's been happening in America for a long time. Good people are doing nothing. And uh, when... Jones was canceled. Regardless of what you think of Alex Jones, it doesn't matter what I think or anything. Uh, he was canceled. He had millions of fans on social media, and they took him off. He deplatformed. Now he's come back pretty strong in Van Dot Video and the platforms he has. But uh, but that's because he had so many fans. But you can't you can't have a free press when you do things like that. And I again, I remember the same people that had Trump derangement syndrome. They were happy because of course. His discredit kind of ruined his show in many ways by, uh, you know, going in so, you know, putting all his eggs in Trump's basket when he should have, uh, you know, been a little more skeptical at least. But still, you know, I, 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 I don't want him. I don't want Laura Loomer. These people I really don't agree, disagree with. I don't want any of these people canceled because they have a right to be heard. And uh, so when you when you support someone being canceled, you're supporting anyone being that's why I try to stress all the time. If if you want to curtail someone's free speech, then someone's going to curtail free speech. Free speech means nothing if it doesn't apply to everyone. To you, you, you know, it doesn't. And you fight harder for the free speech of, 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 that you disagree with. 
you know, I, I don't want Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton not to have free speech. I mean, I think they're about as despicable, you know, people as can be, but I'm not going to, you know, they should be censored. No one to be. Uh, that's that's so that's the essence of being a civil libertarian. I realize there are no civil libertarians left, but except for me and a few others. But when I was young, there were lots of them, including Mark Lane, my mentor, who I worked for as a teenage volunteer at Citizens Committee of Inquiry, great Warren Commission critic, read the biggest book bestseller ever on the, the Warren Commission, uh, Rush to Judgment. So uh, people like that existed then. I wonder what they would think about this one. This point, I don't think they believe this thing we're seeing, but when it's very disturbing when you look at shows, and I try, I don't watch them. The only time I see them is if I'm watching Tucker Carlson, he shows clips from these, and that's all I could take. I couldn't possibly. That would be torture. You want to, you know, you want to really get under the skin of the of the guys at Guantanamo Bay and like, you know, just force them to watch The View or something. I mean, or, or uh, you know, uh, Keith Olbermann or Stephen Colbert. I mean, this is uh, about as it gets it's horrible but um to listen to them I mean, they're first of all they're all they're all under the pressure and they've been olbermann's been talking about we're at war with russia for five six years we're, we're at war with russia I mean, what these people are so deluded what are they talking about you don't have enough wars that you know that we've actually engaged in you're you're making up even more you just can't get enough of this war and uh he's just a psychotic i mean this guy he came out for he came out again publicly the military detaining, in other words, the military arresting Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson. And, uh, you know, so, Tony, you in the studio? I'm Tony in the studio, Don. I was going to see if you wanted to uh, try taking some calls. Absolutely. If you haven't, sure. You got some. I'm going to put the number in the chat, and uh, this is through my Skype system. So I'll see if I can control the volume at the same time, but I'll just kind of hang out. If you this will, it'll require me being here. Sure. But I think we can calls. Let me uh, put this over on the Rockfin chat as well, that you can call into to Don now. It's a four one seven three one four nine five one. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear from you, and I know how that's kind of hit or miss, but. Uh... I love getting calls, just like I, I love people in the chat room. And I, I, uh, I I'm going to have to start wearing my glasses or something, especially the Rockfin, the layout when I was over there. I really couldn't read it. <laughs> I apologize to people in the Rockfin chat room. I'll have to get some more, uh, some kind of uh, cool glasses. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very vain, so I don't want to. <laughs> um, which is ridiculous, but I am. Uh, so, Tony, what, uh, so what did you think of? Um, the discussion. I know uh, you're, was, you're a big fan of Sam Tripoli's as well. Absolutely. It was a fantastic discussion. I'll have to listen to it again, too, because I had you running in the background. You know, I run my shop while I, while I get this show on for you. So uh, mm -hmm. I know my wife was tuned in. I, Sam's just always a, a magnificent guest and makes radio easy, yeah. makes podcasting easy. And you two guys together. I mean, it's uh, I'm just privileged <laughs> that I get to uh, to talk to both of you. So I, I always think it's great material. Great content. Oh, well, that's great. You're pretty great yourself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great you run. Uh, David, I see David Knight is back now. So I, I was worried that he was, you know, had issues or something again when you were on. But he's, he's back to back and up and running, right? He's up and running. I think he just had um, something to handle with his uh, – he's buying a house. He's making a move. I think he's going to Tennessee pretty soon. So just all that real estate oh, okay. stuff. 
they called me last minute. Okay. I'm always happy to fill in for the great David Knight. Always, uh, always a challenge as well. Three hours of of live radio is. Uh, <laughs> that's just, that's yeah, I don't know how. I, I don't know how. You know, he's he's got a lot of Rush Limbaugh in him because he uh, a lot of times he does it with minimal or no guests. And yeah. uh, I find that you know, and now, you know, if I if I can get you know like a TFR had had gotten to have a responsive chat, but I would I would need people in the chat room interacting, and I would need phone calls. I, I don't know. I, I, some people can do it. That's why I I was not really a fan of Rush Limbaugh's at all. He was kind of a typical neocon in many ways, but I admire the way he went on there with no guest and talk because it's not easy, as you know. It's, it's not. I mean, I remember the first time I ever did live radio when it was just me and uh, just mm -hmm. that feeling of it's like it's like there's a void in front of you and you have to fill it with something for an hour. Yeah. And, and if you do three hours, I mean, I, you know, I filled in for David back in August of 2020 for a whole week when he was still at Infowars. And so I'd go in the mm -hmm. studio every morning at like five o'clock, five a.m. And um, mm -hmm. Prep for a couple hours and then get ready. And the show would go live eight to eleven, and that was just grueling. That's like a work day when you're done. Even if and I and I went to the phones too. I went. To, I had guests and went to the phone lines. So just the the mastery that that guy has to to carry that show with info for three hours is uh, I don't know. It's it's amazing. I'm I'm humbled to uh, to be able to fill in, but I definitely can't fill his shoes. No, but it's, it's so great, you know, to feel like I know him now, you know, and it's it's uh, it's because I, you know, I watched him. Uh, I always thought he was the best thing about Infowars back in the day. And again, that's why when I when I mentioned Alex Jones being censored, it's, you know, even though Alex has kind of gone south in many ways, he's still really entertaining to watch. And he's still certainly better than anything you can see on TV. And uh, he, he makes it, the entertainment factor is, is, is there. But, you know, when he was he was censored and nobody spoke up for him. Nobody. And including Donald Trump, the guy he tied his flag. You know, Donald Trump didn't say a word. And you think he would have, a light would have gone off in his head at that point, but it didn't. And, uh, you know, there's the old analogy. You remember Tony you know, back in the, I think it goes back to World War II, where first they came to the Jews or first they came to the communists. I forget how it starts, but the point is obvious. You know, first they came for the biggest enemies of the state. They came, and so eventually they get to you. There's nobody there. People are, it doesn't, it, that applies to today very well, even though it's a completely different situation, but it's the same thing. First, they came for the conspiracy theorists, you know, first they, and, and that's exactly, first they came for the insurrectionists, whatever you want to call those, they labeled that. And that's where we are because at first they came for Alex Jones, then they got all the other lesser names on uh, YouTube that still had hundreds of thousands of subscribers. They just didn't have the name recognition of an Alex Jones. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what happened. So, Let's hope it doesn't get down to then they go for Tucker Carlson or something. His credit, right. he he will mention Alex Jones and everything, but uh, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, we we need to keep the media at least from getting even less free and more censored because. Uh, but you can't go back and unfortunately, uh, as you saw from you know the strike I got last week on YouTube, this stuff is real. I mean, you, they're gonna, they're going to catch you and. If you say something that's against the COVID narrative, it's medical misinformation. And yes, eventually, if, if they're going to get you for saying pro-Russian stuff, maybe they already do. Do you Have you heard of that? I think they probably do. Oh, I'm sure that's just around the corner. I mean, the, the, the fight uh, is with censorship. It's with the government overreach. It's, it's not in Ukraine, you know, for us. Yeah. 
it, it's yeah. it's it's the government and and the in big tech and multinational corporations trying trying to squelch and silence us and it's been going on for a very long time you're absolutely right a lot of people you know conservative media i know that well because i've been a conservative radio since 2013 they're very much like, oh, well, you know, when Alex Jones got deplatformed, I talked to Mark Levin. I had the, the station asked me to, to interview Mark Levin just after that because he came out with a new book. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think it was called Unfreedom of the Press. And so the first thing I asked him about was big tech and, uh, you know, what uh, what we could do about that. They're silencing us because he was saying, look, uh, these people are just kooks anyway and conspiracy theorists. And it's a private company, so they can censor <laughs> whoever they want. Well, right, I, you know, right. I kept pressing, pressing him on that. And then six months later, they had uh, censored Mark Levin. And I said, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. It used, and I, that's why I always, you know, whether it was a JFK assassination research community, or anything, they're, they're, so people are, even if they're open-minded to some degree, uh, you know, they know Oswald didn't do it or whatever. They're, they're still to, well, that's too extreme. I'm not going to go that far. Well, okay, well, you don't have to go that far. That person does, and he should be allowed to go that far. And, but nobody, I don't understand why people don't see see that once you start putting asterisks on, and you start limiting it, and, and you know, if you people that haven't read my books, you know, you can you can find out things that that you don't find anywhere else, you know, or the, 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 the asterisk on the First Amendment, the first asterisk, official asterisk, happened during World War One. When uh, Eugene Debs, a socialist, and, and, and lots of other prime anarchists, mostly people on the left, uh, naturally to the you know the completely pointless bloodletting that was World War One, millions of people died for absolutely no reason. They can't even make up an excuse for that war. <laughs> no, they can't. I've seen they them try even... though. I saw them try. I've seen the Heritage <laughs> Foundation try once, Don. I, I swear, yeah. in Washington D.C., I saw the Heritage Foundation try. Yeah, it's well, I, I, I hats off to them. They can come up with anything, you know, logical. Or even, they couldn't, but they, no, they can't. But they, you know, when uh, so uh, naturally the 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 people the the war resistors like Debs protested this and, and tried to uh, take it to the Supreme Court. They did. And the great liberal Oliver Wendell Holmes, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, then a liberal icon, also eugenicist like uh, Darrow and all the other leading liberals of the day. He they ruled a, a, in favor of, of Woodrow Wilson's right to imprison World War One uh, protesters, and he used that's where the term "you can't yell fire in a crowded theater" came from. Most people don't realize that. That's where, and as I point out many times. However, you look at Eugene Debs and the World War One protesters; they weren't yelling fire in a crowded theater. So everybody at the time should have been really concerned about. You're using an analogy that makes no sense. What are you talking about? Protesting a war is crying, uh, you know, uh, fire in a crowded theater. But people parrot that phrase, and some of them think it's always been there. It's that the founders put that in. Uh, they did. Didn't. They they purposely said, you know, Congressman, to make no law restricting the right of free speech. Nothing. That's very plain. That means there should there should be nothing restricting. But now in recent years, you have uh, when I was one of the first ones, the only one that was protesting this concept of hate speech. Again, it gets into racial terms, and I said, "What are you talking hate speech? That's an Orwellian term." And yeah, you, how do you, who defines hate speech? Hate's a human emotion. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Everybody hates some things. You can't. And once you say something, well. Like I, I heard that Chris Cuomo actually came on. This guy's supposed to be a lawyer, and he castigated the audience one time on CNN during one of his little rants. Uh, I didn't see it, but I actually read about it. Somebody criticizing it, 
where he said uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights doesn't protect hate. Really? <laughs> well, first of all, the word hate doesn't the hate it- hate doesn't appear anywhere in the Constitution. And so and he's a lawyer and he's saying something like this. It's, you cannot put any kind of qualifier on that. And that's why it's, you know, the beauty of civil libertarianism is that it doesn't matter what the belief is. I don't care. Flat earther, hollow earther, uh, you know, Holocaust denier, whatever, whatever you want to believe, you have a right to believe that. And if you're, if it's outlandish enough, no one will believe you. You know, maybe you'll be shunned by society. Okay, that's fine. Because nobody can force you to, you to believe what you're saying. But you should not be restricted from saying it, and and uh, you should hope at this point, you know, that where they want to serious talk about trying to imprison people for it. And now they've kind of, uh, if you've noticed, Tony, they've kind of changed a bit, where hate speech is now uh, gravitated and changed into misinformation or disinformation. That's how they're qualifying things now. Well, you can't. Well, mis- what, what is- you can misgender someone. Yeah, yeah, you're misgendering, right? Right. Well, what happens? And we know. Don, we know the founders didn't address. <laughs> <laughs> what What happens, Don? We know the founders didn't address gendering. What happens when the theater is actually on fire, though? And I, has anybody ever thought about that? <laughs> Did Oliver Wendell Holmes exactly. think about what happens when the when the theater is actually on fire, <laughs> but the owners of the theater say it's not, and you're a conspiracy theorist? I mean, again, this yeah. is why free speech should be, it's either free or it's not. You either have absolute right to free speech or you don't. And uh, that's funny. The, the more degrees people get, the more they become Esquire in front of their name. They get to become a lawyer. Do they, what happened to Don, Don, you know, you talk about this all the time, but like the ACLU and some of these bleeding hearts and people that identify as the left and, and yeah. what happened to these people, the absolutists yeah. don't see them anymore. It's almost like COVID-1984, just like, I don't know, just dispatch them into, into nothing, you know, into the phantom zone. Well, you you have you still have people like my friend Naomi Wolf, uh, who is again, but they're and, and Tulsi Gabbard to a degree. Um, you have Dula Pop. I can kind of read that Dula Pap. Thank you for uh, acknowledging me here. Um, on in the Rockfin cat. Right again, I apologize. I can't. I guess it's the white on black screen. I can't read it as well. That's disinformation is removal. Depends on if the fire identifies as a fire. <laughs> That's yeah, that's right. That's a good. That's great. That's great. But uh, yeah, so it's. It, but you know, somebody like Tulsi Gabbard is who I think is really good compared to most people now. But um, you know, I probably wouldn't have thought she was very great even fifty, certainly thirty, forty years ago. Uh, she would have paled in comparison to some of the people I really admire, the Mark Lane types. But she stands out today as somebody that still has a little bit of a platform. But people like Cynthia McKinney. Whom I love. She doesn't have a platform anymore, except for coming on shows like this. You know, that's the best she could do at this point. And uh, Cindy Sheehan, the same way. These so there are people on the left that still exist like that. But and RFK Jr., I guess if you want to say he's on the left. Uh, but that's it. You know, there's there's uh, other than that, the that's why, you know, Tucker Carlson, I say when I'm watching him as far as having a big platform, probably the uh, one of the more liberal people. I know of that has a platform and he's coming off as the kind of, you know, and he's, he's for, he seems to stand pretty much for free speech. Now I know he's not a, he's not receptive to so-called conspiracy theories, although he kind of ventures into that area all the time. 
But that's about the best we can do. You know, there's uh, no more Mark Lanes around or Nat Hentoff. He used to be a great leftist as well. And um, but I don't know, Tony. It's it's uh, it's it's not a good time to be a civil libertarian, and uh, it's it's not a time really to be writing about history because you know, most people don't even know the the establishment history. So trying to get them uh, to understand hidden history is difficult. But you know, like that story, I try to tell this like. I constantly talk about maybe people heard it too many times, and I tell the story, the story about Oliver Wendell Holmes and, and the free speech restriction because I think most people can, can understand that. You know, it's simple enough that they, and it's so obviously important. So I try to stress things like that. You know, that you know, and also just things that you don't know about history, like what's what's the the, the January ninth, uh, January sixth protesters that are still languishing in prison over a year later, their descendants. Of the uh, fourteen thousand, or they don't even know how many uh, Northerners were thrown into makeshift prisons, like during the Civil War, by Abraham Lincoln, who opposed his policies. And much like these people, now they're not, they're not, they haven't suspended the writ of habeas corpus as Lincoln did, but they might as well have because they've been there for every year. Uh, most of them haven't been charged with anything. Um, most of them were denied bail, whereas you have the guy that uh, the Black Lives Matter guy who actually attempted to assassinate a mayoral candidate, shot, fired shots at him. He was out on bail in two days with help for Black Lives Matter. So uh, I don't know what that says, Tony, but I don't think that designates us as a white supremacist society when you see examples like that. No, uh, <laughs> that, that they want you to believe that. That's the narrative, you know, and then um, I found it fascinating, too, kind of in that same vein. I've become more cynical uh, in in regards to, you know, you know, things like the theme of the QAnon movement, which was there's people working to right all these wrongs and there's white hats and all this. I don't I've become to the point where I just don't even think there's anyone who in the positions of power who can do anything about some of these uh, injustices. I I look at uh, the laptop of the Hunter Biden laptop that was you know, just kind of cast aside by the mainstream media in, in 2020. But I said, this will come back again, but it'll be the left that uses it against Joe Biden. It'll be like, we're, we're, we're done with him. We're going to put him out to pasture. It'll be their fail safe. They can get rid of him at will. And it looks like now that's resurfacing again. So I'm thinking, but it's not the right that did that. It's not the it's not the opposition to Joe Biden that that brought the laptop back. It's just all of a sudden the mainstream media is talking about it again. So it had to have come from the ruling class. They're just, I think they're about to reshuffle the deck, Don. Yeah, and it, it doesn't, and again, because it's been long enough, Americans have no memory. And they, they obviously not enough people care. You know, that, that's, that, you know, these, I mean, how many great crimes go unpunished? I mean, and that's that's the I think the biggest problem. Before before I forget, though, Stephanie, thanks. She makes a point in the chat room about uh, that Trump could have uh, pardoned the January sixth. He also could have the January sixth defendants. Uh, he also could have uh, at least spoken out about them, and he said not said one word, to my knowledge, other than he had one mention of Ashley Babbitt, and I think met with her parents. And he, of course, he was roundly criticized for that. But uh, I don't think he'd said anything else about how, how outrageous it is. Well, the People. January 6th protesters had the unfortunate uh, circumstances of not being a rich rapper. Had they just been <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. That's, that's all that Trump pardoned at the end of his. That's what. Uh, that's what. That's what white supremacist rappers do. Yeah, that, white supremacist rappers will do that. I mean, white supremacist <laughs> rapper. Yeah, he might as well be a white supremacist rapper. That's what the white supremacists, the racists like Trump do. They, uh, they ignore their own supporters. Yeah, that's all right. We've, we've got a call, Don, but they need to turn down their speaker. Oh, yeah. Okay. I heard the ringing. Oh, we've, Hello? we've got you on the air. Welcome to I Protest with Don Jeffries. How you doing? How you doing? Okay. I can, Don. I hear a little feedback. Yeah, I can, I can hear him. Yeah, caller, uh, what's on your mind? Okay. Is, uh, let Hello? me see if I can fix this, Don. We got one second. Hold on. See if I can make this work. I'm not sure why it didn't come through on the. I heard him say hello, but then it's like feedback. Caller, can you can you hear Don? I can hear you. I can't hear Don. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, one second. Let me see if I can repair this call, Don. And you can talk to the chat. Let me see if I can fix this. Okay. Yeah. And I, I appreciate uh, the people, Stephanie and Chris and man, you've made so many points. I can't even keep up with you, Chris. But thank you. You're taking over for Chris Graves. Is it coming back now? Trump recently said he may pardon the January 6th if he gets back up. You know, how many times do we hear that? What Trump may do or might do? I mean, God, he's still doing that. He's not even an office and he's still, he's still, you know, uh, framing things that way. Oh, you know, I might do this. I might do that. Yeah. We, we, we had four years of him might doing stuff. Um, yeah, a bit late then exactly, Stephanie says. Yeah, and that's, but it's, you know, that's why I say, that I, I talk about the story about the 40% increase in the death rate, which I think is story now going on, but I think the biggest outrage of all the outrages and injustices that are happening in, in America 2.0, the fact that those prisoners are still languishing there, and most of them did absolutely nothing, and the worst, the worst offenders may be charged with a misdemeanor. But for them to be in prison over a year, and you have, on the other hand, uh, someone who actually attempted to assassinate someone, fired shots of them, got off two days later, and another high-profile uh, high black, Jesse Smollett, what did he serve, a couple days as well? He's out because he was crying and upset in prison? Well, I'm pretty sure most of the people in prison are upset. <laughs> he just let him off? I mean, this this is a clown show, and it's it's a, it's it's such a perverted reality the way it's being framed. I hear some I hear background of something. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not able to to get the audio fixed on this. That's in Don. That's uh that's that's on me though. I jumped the gun. I thought uh, usually so if there's one of us, I can always take the call. But I, I've added this becomes more complicated, and it's something I got to study in the back office. I may have to have you oh. call in. Oh, Chris Buckin said it's him that they called in. Yeah, Chris, call yeah, Chris. Uh, let me see if I can fix this audio, and and uh, I'll give you guys a thumbs up when I do. It's 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 the it's the Skype connection to the stream, and that's one I, I'm not able to fix it right this minute. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, it's nice to kind of hear your voice, Chris, with the feedback, because uh, you're you're certainly uh, uh, participating uh, to a great degree in the chat. Right. I really appreciate all your. Uh, yeah, I appreciate them calling me. That's on that's on yeah. me. There's a. There's a, there's one more step that I'm not able to do when it's just a call and it's something it's 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 it's, uh, it's back office stuff. So I wanted to make that work for you, Don. <laughs> Let me see if I can keep. No, it I pre I appreciate. It. We're we're getting there. You're getting there, by and by, you know, but gradually. But um, and Stephanie says Trump is part of the problem. Absolutely, and, and that's and that's the thing. You know, it's uh, I don't believe this Q stuff. Absolutely not. And that's the problem. Is that you have both sides. The the one side again that is completely irrational. I mean, 
obviously the woke left. You can't. I mean, I I said I I can't engage people if somebody believes that that uh, men can have babies as that side does literally. And not only that, but the 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 system believes it. So if you say they can't have babies, they'll cancel you. You'll lose your job if you're a professor, and it's happened. Um, how do you reason with people like that? And and these are the people that uh, a lot of these same people will make fun of you for believing in God. Oh, you're crazy! You're 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 giant magical man in the sky. I mean, they have lots of ways they frame it now to ridicule you. But you believe that men can have babies. You, you, so so I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. You know, you also believe that a giant ball of matter. You know, you ridicule creation. Uh, but you you believe that a giant ball of matter just I don't know where it came from you know well, who created God well, who created the giant ball of matter you know that suddenly appeared and then it just exploded no one knows what made it nothing was nothing there to make it explode and it just you know went in all these incredible directions and created these constellations and galaxies and uh, all this magical stuff and life forms everywhere on Earth maybe that's why the universe all, all this happened you know. It's a real pattern. I mean, you look at the yeah. people that say there are no conspiracies. They're more likely to believe that everything's an accident and that the, we, the existence itself, the universe created, is it all an accident? Everything's a series of accidents all the time and there's no planning. I find that to be bizarre. Like, how do you read history? Yeah. How do right. you look at what's happening? I mean, just studying the the story of humanity and go, wow, there, there's no creator. There's no, there's no, this makes no sense. I just I can't I can't do that, and I think you 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 find that type of person though. They're like, oh, it's just a big bang. These things ran into each other. Who what created the the the, the, the atoms and all the things that are supposed to create this? You know, they they don't know. They just think everything's an accident. Well, and and, and, and that's what one of the great things about you know the the not the great awakening in terms of the Q thing, but the great awakening for the people that are awake. They are awake to so many things, like things like evolution, which I've always doubted. Uh, lots of people are awake to that now. They're real. They're realizing how absurd these theories are, and they are theories, you know. Because so, and this is what said they they ridicule Christianity when they talk about religion. They're they don't care about the other religion. They're, they're when they talk about separation of church and state, it's separation of Christianity. And they don't care about the other religions. Believe me, they never talk about them. That's what they're ridiculing. That's what worries them, and uh, that's who they consider their enemy. And they clearly don't have any kind of faith unless they have, you know, they're, they're worshiping the dark. But the idea that, uh, you know, things like evolution where the primordial ooze and they come up with these expressions that are supposed to, you know, they're kind of intimidate people, you know, the primordial ooze. What does that even mean? But they use it all the time. And, and they'll say, well, life forms came out of the ocean. OK, well, let's let's examine that then. You're saying basically all life was in the ocean. Nothing was on land originally. I guess that's what they, I think that's what they say. But you know, science is ever changing, so you know, facts can change. But if they came out of the ocean, uh, they had gills if they were living in the ocean. So at what point did they suddenly develop lungs? And that would mean like the the, the mothers or fathers had to send their babies to. And had, how did they get to the? But you know, it must have been quite a swim or whatever to get there. How, you know, they or maybe they developed lungs on the way. And uh, why did anything remain behind? Why didn't all the the life in the sea die when people went on when things went on land? Same thing with you know the essence of evolution is that you know man evolved from the apes. Well, then why do we still have apes? I mean, this is I mean these are these are very easy you know. And of course, you bring that up, and they just give you a look like you know you don't question science, and it must be very much like what it would have been in the Middle Ages. Question the church, 
because that's that's basically what that is. The church that you what are you what are you talking about? And you'd see anti-science, the role to flip. So the people that uh, you were burning Beatles records and that like that in the '60s and everything, it's the exact same thing you see now, except they're they're. I saw them, you know. Uh, I was trying to defend Naomi Wolf on social media again the other day because they were just attacking her. Uh, and uh, oh, she's an anti-vaxxer kook and anti-science, anti-science. It's like yes. it's the same thing. Maybe fifty years ago said anti, you know, anti-Christian, right? But it's uh, it's I don't know people. There's a faith to it. I mean, Don, I was thinking about this on the way in uh, to work this morning. You have these people that you can show them every evidence about these injections, right? These experimental injections, like what it's look at the VAERS database. It doesn't matter. Look at, look at what's look at reality. Look at the, you know, the infection rates, all this stuff that was happening before now, but before, uh, you know, the invasion of Ukraine, when everybody got their, their NPC <laughs> chip reprogrammed. But I, I just think they, the faith that they have to have, because it, it, nothing can break it. It's it's the they're the most religious zealots I've ever seen. They just don't recognize that they're religious. And you're talking about that's like that's like a holy thing to them. Like you can there's a you know, the people that um, love science, they're probably more uh, likely to worship the state and to worship the gods of yes. war. You know, like yes. the military industrial complex is up here for them. And right below, like their Lord and Savior is the jab. Yeah. That's what it seems to me like. Yeah. They just love these yeah. things. Well, they scoff at any notion of, uh, and again, it's, 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 I once thought about writing a book about the conspiracy, conspiracy against the supernatural. You know, there's such a, in, in, in the, all authorities everywhere, they just really have an antipathy for, they like to think they can explain everything. You know, that's all I, you know, and you say this can't be explained, and, uh, well, of course we can, you know, and uh, they can't, they obviously can't. There's a lot they can't explain, but they, I think, in their heart of hearts, the, they they are so terrified of Christianity because they're uh, really scared of being judged, and I guess they don't want to change their behavior. And I, I'm everybody should be scared of being judged. You know, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's terrifying. Think about it, especially when we all know how flawed we are, and that we all do wrong things and we're ashamed of, and didn't do, and ask forgiveness for. Sometimes forget to ask forgiveness for, but. People like that, they, they don't, especially when they're starting to buy into this craziness of, you know, well, my little boy wants to be a little girl, so I'm going to take him, you know, to a doctor who's going to be unscientific enough to give him hormone blockers and all this other hideous stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they can't in their mind think that they have to think something's wrong with that, you know, in their subconscious. But, but you know, if it makes you, if it feels good, if you feel virtue signaling, do it. It doesn't, virtue signaling doesn't fit in with any notion of, you know, being judged, uh, what you do and, you know, here on earth. And, uh, but I don't know, you know again, I, I hate even to, to do that kind of stuff because I don't want to moralize myself, but it's amazing the reaction you get from people who will accept the wildest things. I mean, if you're accepting that a, a man can give birth, you know, it's a scientific impossibility. I'm sorry. And you want to believe it? I don't want to lock you up or cancel you for it, but it's scientifically impossible, but the idea of a God or omnipresent being is something obviously we can't comprehend even. Right. So hold up. So, so who are we to say it's impossible? I mean, something created all this, something made life. And, and I, I think that the best explanation is that it's a, deity. it's something that we, that's way more powerful than we are. Yeah. I, 
you know, making up things, living in a false reality eventually comes to an end. You know, I think in, in the coming years, uh, we'll look back on some of this foolishness and go, gosh, I can't believe we're even talking about that now that there's food shortages and economic collapse and war. And I, I don't welcome those things. It's just, I read a lot of history that kind of seems to be where we're going, but I thought, well, as long as we're making up things and making up identities, can I identify as somebody from the 19th century in America because I don't want to pay income tax and I don't want a social security number. <laughs> That's right. I ain't I want right. A gold standard, right? And I don't want to be in yeah. all these foreign wars. So I was thinking I could just be, I'm from like 1895 somewhere. In there. <laughs> <laughs> okay with everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that's the danger, isn't it, of, of this this whole identifying thing? Because then, what's to stop people, you know, from just saying, you know, I identify as a billionaire. I, I want to live the billionaire lifestyle. I, you know, I, I look, that's what I identify as, right? I mean, I'm surprised yeah. people haven't tried it yet, but uh, they haven't. And uh, I, I don't. But I mean, it's no more absurd than. Uh, you know, man identifying as a woman or one or even especially the ones where, you know, genders, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about, you know, non-binary and all this kind of stuff. But I, I don't even know what they mean. It's, it's, and why should I have to try to attempt to understand that kind of madness? And that's that's what gets me is that, you know, the universities are forcing people who aren't mad with this kind of woke nonsense to understand that. And capitulate to it instead of saying, "Okay, you can say what you want." You know, you go ahead and say there's 57 genders. I don't care, but that doesn't mean I'm I'm going to listen to you. And I should be able to say, uh, "I know I don't believe that. That's ridiculous. There are two genders." But you know, that's that's the the way we are now. I mean, it's it's um, we're not we're at a, a very uh, we're at a crossroads. Well, we've been at a crossroads for a while, haven't we? But I, I you know, I don't I don't. I know what's coming down the pike. All I can do is comment on it because uh, I don't think, I hope we're not going to World War III. And I don't think we will. I think, Tony, that it'll be like other t- where we're kind of back off at the last minute and I don't know what will happen, but, uh, and then it'll go on to something. I don't know. But uh, what are your, I, I, what do you I think? Tend, I tend to agree with you in the sense that I don't think that there's going to be a, a total, like, you know, atomic exchange or something. I don't think we're going to have that, a nuclear holocaust or something. But, I think that they're going to drag this out, whatever, even if it's a make believe, even if it's like the perception of conflict. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Eugene Debs at the beginning of of our conversation and, you know, imprisoning people who speak out against, uh, you know, the war or government power or overreach. So they can just say, well, you're just you're just uh, you're just uh, working for Putin. You're an agent of the Kremlin and all this just for pointing out historical, you know, discrepancies and uh you know the poking holes in their argument for why we should fight and all these other reasons and i think that you know war is the health of the state they're going to go after you if you don't support their constant wars and so they they'll use it like that in my opinion but but again there's there's those factors of uh, <laughs> the variables you know things that happen that weren't planned like chaos and every once in a while even you know you look at the Barbara Tuckman wrote that book The Guns of August back in the mm-hmm. 60s about mm-hmm. the uh lead up to World War 1 and you know the it was the there was the Guns of August cuz that's when everything really got kicked off and they said well we'll be home by Christmas this was the beginning of World War 1 but none of those statesmen knew how to stop it right and they were these were classically educated people and i think gosh now we have the the dumbest people in history with the most power <laughs> ever 
And, You're not uh, confident of Kamala Harris over there? <laughs> she doesn't no. she doesn't instill confidence in you? <laughs> no, I for some reason I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I guess I wouldn't be good for that focus group to figure out why I don't <laughs> like her, or don't trust her. But yeah. Chuck Bar Chuck Barn said Hunter Biden is the greatest artist of our times. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's a great artist. Yeah. He, is, he is great. Yeah. So it's um I don't know, man. So we might as well knock off a few minutes uh early. I'm hungry. But I, I appreciate uh, everybody who's uh, watching. I appreciate you trying to call in. Chris, hopefully more of you will in the future. Yeah, I, we get that online hooked up. I, I figured out what's happening. And, and we've we kind of been real time. Thanks for working with us on that, Chris, and, uh, and other callers. We're going to set Don up a call line. I'm going to set him up a text line. And, uh, of course, we'll be here on Fridays, uh, you know, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So uh, be sure and tune back into Don next week. I'll have even more good stuff ready for you. Absolutely. I look forward to that. Thanks for coming on, Tony. And thanks for producing the show and being such a great friend and supporter. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you out there for listening and, uh, you know, keep sending forth those tiny ripples of hope and uh, join us next week at the same time for another edition of a protest.